1: Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast Anniversary Episode Number Four. And today we have Brian Wallace back in the house. What's up,
0: everybody? Thanks for having me back on.
1: Oh my gosh. We had now the absolute it. best <laughs> time. Yeah, we, and we and we keep talking over each other because, like, we have so much to say, both of us. Um guys, yeah, if you don't remember, go check out Brian back in episode seven. It was Epic. All right. So just so you know who he is, he's the founder and president of Now Sourcing, an industry leading infographic design agency based in Louisville, Kentucky, and Cincinnati, Ohio, which works with companies that range from startups to Fortune 500. Mm-hmm. Brian also runs the LinkedIn local events nationwide, hosts the Next Action podcast and has been named a Google Small Business Advisor from 2016 all the way through to today. So please welcome the wonderful Brian Wallace back to the show. Thank
0: you. How's it going, everybody? (laughs) Thanks for having me back on, Essie. How are you doing? I'm so excited.
1: I'm doing fantastic today. So... I, I almost don't even know where to start with you because we can talk about so many things. But I'm gonna start on one thing because when we had our last show in episode seven, one of the things that you shared is that you're very often on the trends. It's one of the things that you're really good at. You have your finger on the pulse. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about a couple of trends then. It was almost a year ago now, yeah. so we're a year later. What are you seeing as the next big things? Like Where do you think we're heading in the business world?
0: So let me start with something a little bit different. I think that if people only follow a trend as opposed to being good at something and then kind of finding the intersection crosshairs of a trend and what they're good at, they're probably going to fail. I think it's better to be almost like a, a naval kind of connotation to, be, to have like a north star of what you're good at and navigate the waters and then apply it to different industries. So like you said before, we do infographics and because we do it for everybody in the world for all sorts of industries, we get to see the standouts that are out there. I very much believe, and a lot of economic individuals agree, we are in for a major... I don't know if it's going to be a crash or a recession, but I don't think we're going to have growth like we've had for the last 118 months or something crazy like that. It's the second longest spurt of growth in America since they've been tracking it, basically since the Great Depression. Wow. 20 months back when it was like the internet got started to like the dot-com failure.
1: I was going to say, we're hitting that next yeah. bust. It was the dot-com yeah. bust. And now I feel like we're in this like social bubble almost. and It's, it's not yeah. an app bubble anymore. It's just like the everybody who's got a Business idea startup bubble where it's like throw money at everything. And not so
0: much, right? So I feel like you've got credit card debt, which is ridiculous. You've got student loan debt that's ridiculous. You have the subprime mortgage stuff that no document they call it different things than the credit default, whatever, like the first time around, but that's happening again. You have all of these crisis warning things that kind of scare me. And the stock market is too high, and all the crypto stuff like we talked about last year fell over like 80% all over itself. So there's a lot of things that make me scared. But at the same time, unless there's like, you know, zombies walking the earth and the apocalypse or something, I don't think we have to worry about it too much. You just have to, you know, really become bulletproof and be able to have a business that weathers it regardless. So what I like to look at as I guess you could say, an industry analyst of the world, because we get to see a lot of stuff, is figure out what kinds of things can weather the storm, what can go up regardless of whatever recession hits. So, so many places to go with that. But I'd say one thing: artificial intelligence is getting huge. By the next couple of decades, it will probably get rid of seventy percent of jobs. So you all better get ready. If you have a job that's that you think uh, has job security, it probably doesn't. So you have to invent and reinvent yourself. But keeping that core skill strength set sort of a thing. So I think the creative community, the innovation community, uh, anything knowledge worker-based is really good. I think the gig economy and automation and robots and stuff are going to really kind of eat that alive. And there's a lot of AI startups that are already making noise on that.
1: So can so, we pause here because I think this is really significant because a lot of businesses, right, and we talked last time a lot about niching as well. When you exactly. don't niche, you have the potential to be eaten not only by people who do but by any general technology that can take you mm-hmm. over because you have no unique selling position. So right. anything automated can take yes. you on.
0: Exactly. So you got to well, What about
1: the masses? Like, as they say, the masses are arses, right? So, like, those basic low-level positions that majority of humans fulfill. Majority of humans are not the creatives. Uh Majority of humans are checkout clerks and salespeople and manufacturers and drivers and, like...
0: Yeah, they're screwed. (laughs) They have to figure out something better. (laughs) No hope for you. Honestly, though, right? Listen, dude, like, if you think you're going to, like manufacture something and be on a conveyor belt line or work the line clerk in mcdonald's or whatever go into a bunch of these fast casual kinds of places fast casual fast food checkouts at the grocery store target walmart this that and the other you see fewer and fewer people working in these stores look at the all these grocery store line there's like five people that like operate the entire store so automation is destroying all of that stuff and people have to retool you do have things like the gig economy that do help a lot of that kind of stuff, but everything is falling into that. Did you know a lot of uh, very boring, just recaps of journalism? There's a place called Patch, which is starting to put in AI to just write stories. So like, no. Yeah, for real. Oh my and gosh. Then-
1: Journalists were already dead with like the advent of social media and bloggers, but like now it's really over.
0: Yeah, that could be like a, a whole other radical, but I'm saying crazy. like just basic data collection to push out updates. So if totally. you have a basic update about the weather and you have to send it out to a thousand markets, do you really need to bother a journalist that's good at good stories or do you want a computer to just do things that are better, right? So, so I would
1: really agree with you. and I, I really feel like, and this is my thing, I think, you know, the same way like Daniel Pink says, you know, um, what, what's his book? Um, not Born to Sell... Uh, yeah, I forget the name of it. Often. I forget the name, but the selling one, We says we're all in sales now. Um, right. So I really think that we're all in business now, right? Yes. If you haven't been before, we're all in business now. Your job is moving more towards you being self-employed in the gig economy, right? Yeah. Even the bigger companies are hiring people as contractors and independents and more part-times. And right. I really think everyone's got to find, like you're saying, that core strength and, and build on it. And like, I love how you're saying retool, right? Or right. Or just tool. But some people never, never tool to begin with. Right,
0: and technology doesn't benefit everybody. The gig economy helps a small amount of people, and a lot of other people are struggling to make ends meet. There are certain opportunities, so you know if you drive around products or services or people for system number one as opposed to system number two, you might get $20 an hour compared to $9 an hour. But as markets flood, as you see Uber and Lyft and all these different kinds of things, um, the rate goes down as more and more people flood the market. So I think that that's not necessarily the way to make ends meet. I think that a lot of those people struggle. So I think entrepreneurship's gonna be huge. I know we did a piece recently talking about uh, Gen Z's that rather than everybody uh, hating entrepreneurship back in the day, uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I think it was either like 41 or 43% of Gen Z's actually want to be entrepreneurs. So I feel like as time marches on, we're going to have a tremendous amount of people that are gonna make their own miracles. Um, They're going to have their day jobs, but they're going to have a lot of side gigs. And I think that um, future of work is also going to be very virtualized. People aren't necessarily going to need to live in big cities or even need to co-work or go to an office. I feel like people are starting to look at things based on performance. So I feel like people can reinvent themselves, but not at the same time sell themselves out. They can take a superset of all their skills and strengths. And I think biggest is... Rather than throwing technology and learning a code and all that, that's good for some people, but some people just aren't going to be good at it. I think rather than that, I think people need to learn soft skills. They need to learn marketing, personal branding, and sales. And if you do any kind of startup, any kind of entrepreneurial activity, if you don't have that, you're basically a subject matter expert who needs a co-founder or a really good salespeople. Otherwise, like, who's going to buy your stuff? you think everybody's just waiting
1: in line to buy everything? That's they totally fun. do. They tell- Every business owner comes out the door going, I'm God's gift. This is God's gift. Here it is. And then they open their Instagram account Mm -hmm. or their online store or their Shopify, or even their basic website as a therapist. And they're like, Hey, how come people aren't finding me on Google? I'm like, what the
0: heck? I'm on Instagram. I said I'm a growth hacker. Come on. Where is everybody? I <laughs> set up a Shopify, dropship. blah, blah, blah. I have 28 bucks.
1: I put things on Amazon. I even did two oh, videos yes. on YouTube. Wow. Where is everybody?
0: Renaissance woman. I know, right? But yeah. the problem is, is that there's so many people copying each other and they all like don't even know how to make money. So it's like people just copy... It copies and it's so diluted. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, yeah. you got
1: to find that uniqueness. Totally. I always say it comes from that soul place. Mm-hmm. Uh, every person is unique. Every soul is unique. And I always say you build business from that soul place. That's, that's why I love working with business owners. And I don't like bigger companies because they never get to work with that founder. So you never get to work with the root of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody can be in business. You might need mm-hmm. to find, like you said, partner, sales partner. Okay. So once going to be one of the biggest trends on entrepreneurship? And I'm, I'm totally with you. Because again, for Gen Z, everyone's a YouTube star.
0: TikTok now.
1: Yeah. Um, what, is, now. what is TikTok?
0: Sorry, I've ruined your life. Uh, go take a look at it. It's just like, remember Vine a few years ago? And yes. So it's kind of like just a weird version of that. And everybody like jumps out of windows and it's just like stupid videos. And-
1: oh, no. What's well, also like six seconds?
0: Um, I don't remember how long it is. something like that. It's Some just,
1: like little tiny videos. So not like musically different.
0: It's, it's similar, but not so. the same. Yeah. These
1: are all the Gen Z tools. These are like the, yeah. the and
0: like all the influencer marketing people are jumping into that. Oh man, if you saw how much money some of these people are getting just to like produce a video, it'd make you cry. It's just ridiculous. Like all the It's insane.
1: Stuff. But you know what makes me cry actually is yeah. that the masses think that anybody can do it and it doesn't really um, take any effort or any special anything. It's wow. not true. Good luck with that. Right. A huge that so goes into it. You have time, energy. Like I had one Instagram influencer as one of my clients. She yes. said minimum is five hours a day on Instagram. That's not including her content development. That's, That's just her interactive time on the platform.
0: Right. People that are in social, they don't understand the amount of management you have to do. So I'm not really the Instagram. I mean, I do a little Instagram stuff, but my whole thing is LinkedIn. So if I write a post, I have to plan. There's probably going to be like an hour of work just babysitting that post because hundreds and hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands or maybe even a million or so people are going to interact with that. So who's going to be looking at my profile? Who do I have to respond to? Who's resharing it? There's just endless amounts of work that goes into anything that's beyond the content, just community management type stuff, for sure.
1: Totally, totally. And that's all social. So you mentioned to me before we started that there were a couple other trends that you think will weather whatever storm we're hitting. What are the other ones that you see will stand the test of time?
0: Sure. So I think the cannabis business market is very hot right now, specifically CBD. Um, there's a lot of misunderstanding of legality. It's not just stoners and idiot garbage like that and, and silly things like that. Um, it's a real industry. A lot of Wall Street is pouring money into it. You have genomics companies, you have like everything that you can imagine that's really getting. Thing into it big time. And yeah, I think we
1: can differentiate for people, right? There's CBD, which is the medicinal element. There's THC, which is the part that gets you high. Um, and, yeah. and they're not the same at all.
0: No, they're not. Correct. And yeah, I think part of the industry's problem is that people don't take them seriously. So for the longest time, mainline, mainstream journalism and news wouldn't cover all that stuff. Plus, it still struggles depending on what city and state you're in. Uh, you know, I just came back from Austin, Texas and South by Southwest. So it's not legal there. So even though it was the first year where canna business, which is the industry as a whole, even though it was the first year of canna business as an actual track within the entire festival, like every single event said, you know, like, this isn't like, we're not selling things and be careful according to state laws and this and that. So even in a place where like all most of the world innovation comes from, like they still have to like put all these notices and warnings and stuff like that. But as you have things like Canada with all the legislation that they've been putting through and in America with the hemp bill, um, a lot of stuff is becoming a lot more untied and relaxed. So regardless of, is this part legal? Is this part legal? A lot of it just gets roped in as a single thing. But yeah, I think CBD is a big piece of the future, along with a, a lot of other things that are not necessarily the kind of CBD side or the THC side. There's a lot of- think,
1: could that fall into also alternate times of alternative health? I feel like CBD falls into that umbrella sure. as well. Yeah, for right? sure. it, it's, it's the non-allopathic. System. It's the homeopathic industry. Yeah. As people get more and more disillusioned with allopathic medicine, and we have mm-hmm. more and more complex medical conditions, that mainstream Western medicine is not solving. We're moving more and more towards all this homeopathic, more holistic, spiritual healing, and all that kind of stuff. I think I see see a lot of that.
0: Oh, for sure, and it hits the health market, wellness market, supplements is an enormous industry. So yeah, it checks a lot of boxes for people, and I just see that thing just absolutely on the rise. So yeah,
1: that's totally big- and I w- I always say like um, the THC part, right? It's like selling sugar to kids with money, right? It's addictive, right. it's not yeah. expensive, and like it's a no-brainer.
0: Right. It's kind of like being a drug dealer on the internet.
1: Basically, but legally, it it, sure. it I mean that's actually literally what it is. It it you're legally dealing. That's exactly right. what it is. It's a,
0: legal drug dealer. <laughs> it's a big business. <laughs> Just ask corporate right. medicine.
1: Yep. That's another one. Okay, what else?
0: So here's a weird one for people. So there's Think about if you lose your job, if there's a down cycle, you have a bad week, a bad month, a bad quarter, a bad year even, right? Uh, Independent of the market or maybe directly cyclical of a market. I feel like you might cut back on some things like going out to fancy restaurants. You might not buy a bunch of fancy clothes. You might not travel as much. You might cancel your trip to Hawaii, but you're not going to kick Fido to the curb. So the pet economy, dogs and cats specifically, are an enormous market that never go down. Um, We just did a whole bunch of work and there's several things that we're running in the news right now. I think the dog economy in America is like a $72 billion industry. It's just absurd. And like pet insurance, burying pets. What is pet uh, insurance?
1: Like if your pet does damage to someone's property?
0: Like if it dies and like- uh, if, What do you mean like
1: life insurance for pets? If your pet dies, you get paid?
0: It but it's more like on the, the health side because there's a lot of very expensive treatments if you're- Okay,
1: so oh, health insurance, insurance for pets.
0: Yeah, that's more of where that market is going. That makes
1: a little more sense to me. Although, I, I mean, I hear it, but usually you do life insurance on people who are like earning money, so you supplement their income when they're gone. Sorry. Like
0: there's, there's multiple insurances. We, we could go any direction on that. But I mean, I think the pet food industry overall uh, is really- really getting shaken up. There's a lot of like smaller players that are growing rapidly because people care about what they eat. So they should probably also care about what their pets eat so they don't get sick because you have to watch what things are going into
1: it. And we could say also as the younger generations are getting married less and later, which are definitely the rising statistics, pets are becoming their family. Pets are their kids. Like I work in West Hollywood. We've got people who come in with the pets are in strollers. I'm like, are you aware that they have legs? Like, they like using them. <laughs> like, why are you wheeling your pet? Very, it's their baby. It is literally their baby.
0: Yeah, man's best friend, right? I mean, it's it's a thing. So it's not going away. And like I said, you don't kick Fido to the curb just because there's like a bad quarter. So you're going to spend and overspend on your dogs and cats and birds and whatever it is. So those totally. are massive right now. Love yeah. that. What
1: else?
0: What else? Um, so uh, another thing I know we were talking about is just intentionality. I feel like we, we touched on a word here, just reinventing ourselves. So you, you have the, your friend where like one year they're a crypto expert and then they're a VR expert and then they're a chatbot expert, growth business accelerator, this, that, the other. I feel like too many people ride the wave instead of navigate the seas. So I think-
1: That's such that- a good line. Guys, everyone just absorb that. I have to pause you. Too many yep. people ride the wave instead of navigating the sea. And it is so, so true. And I think social media is what does so much of it because you see something you're like it's trending. I got to jump on it but it's, you don't know how to surf.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that actually, that's not me. I, I'm not going to take credit for that. There's a great, I might've even said it last time. I don't actually remember, but there's a, a good book called Be Like Amazon and it talks about the four kinds of people in life. That's two of them, but I'm not going to spoil the book.
1: Nice. But, uh, okay, cool. I've never heard of that one. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's,
0: it's really cool by the Eisenberg brothers. Nice. Yep, yeah, It's really cool. So I feel like instead of, like imagine instead of every year you have to sit there and figure out how to reinvent yourself and jump on a whole other market. What if you just really were very good at a specific set of skills? Like We're in our 10th year of making infographics by the thousands. So rather than reinventing ourselves every year, we just get better at what we do and we serve markets. So I think that that's a better approach to just be like world-renowned in a specific narrow set of things that you can control and then get domain expertise into your cannabis and stuff over here, your pet industry stuff over here, your AI over there. We do a lot of stuff with higher education all that stuff's getting disrupted like crazy, right? But it's it's not just one or two or five or ten of these things. Once you figure out how to fit everything through a lens of perception of what you do, then you can serve lots of different markets. And I have friends that go even further than that. They'll just do like a specific narrow focus and stick on a specific industry. That's really very narrow, as far as I'm concerned. That's almost a little dangerous. Like, what if that industry takes a tumble? But they pick big industries in fairness and defense of what they're saying. I totally. feel like the- and
1: again, there's there the big four, right? Money, health, relationships, hobbies. So, like, yeah. you, we've always got that, and I'm going to put pets in relationships. By the way, mm-hmm. so I totally yeah. think that's where they belong, and I agree 100. percent We're also in our tenth year, actually. Um, and I, so I'm, I'm broadened. Like, I feel like you're very, very niche. Um, mm-hmm. I am. Like small business, that is my expertise, small business, growth, definitely focus on marketing, but on the totality of what it takes to make a small business work financially and for you. Right. And I've only gotten better. And someone actually said to me recently, he's like, I love your niche. I'm like, what is my niche? He said, small business, (laughs) more money, less headache. I'm like, that's my tagline. He's like, but you've been saying it for 10 years. I remember it now.
0: Exactly, right.
1: And so many people drop out before they ever get known. Exactly. You just
0: stay around, your staying power makes you memorable. And you have to be typecast. Like we don't like to be reductionist and put labels on people, but we have to, right? What's when brand to you you be
1: able to right. define people? You have to be memorable. I just oh. said to someone today in the in the coaching hall I was talking about for my marketing magic oh. course, she's like, I do websites. I'm like, I will not remember you even three seconds after I walk away from you. Exactly. I will talk to another website person who specializes in e-commerce. I'll remember them. And another one who specializes in rebrands and web updates, I might remember them. But right. you're just website. There's nothing I'm gonna call you for because everyone else is doing something that fits a box.
0: No kidding. They're just a gallon of milk on a shelf, right? Nobody cares. You don't even look at the brand. You might just check the date and make sure it's not $100. Correct,
1: not- commodity. And if you, if you are commodity pricing, I think that's what a lot of we've been saying. Commodity, but- this is Amazon, right? This is the race to zero margins, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a price war only. So if you are not the cheapest, then you've lost. And if you can't be the cheapest, then you have to win on something else.
0: Right, you have to win on value in today's world. A race to the bottom in a global economy is one of the stupidest things you can do to go out of business before you really gain any traction. So when in doubt, you charge more by doubling down and tripling down and 10xing down. I don't know. I don't like the whole 10xing rage, but whatever. By
1: <laughs> it's grand Cardone everywhere, yeah.
0: I mean, whatever, everybody's got their own message. But I, I think rather than mindlessly just saying 10x, to reevaluate what you're doing and maybe not try to be everything to everyone. And when you figure out the thing that you're really good at and you like doing and are known for, what more could you ask for out of the world, right? Totally.
1: And I want to take that back to what you said about intentionality, what I was saying about coming from that soul place. And, you know, know, we're talking before, it's not religion, right? And there's, there's a lot of this now, like new age and spiritual healing and spirituality and quantum physics and quantum mechanics. Like this stuff is becoming bigger and bigger. There's a lot in the world that is unseen, that yes. is actually what drives the world. Everything begins in wave and then turns to particle. And so when you sit and you just live in only the physicality and only what's in front of you, and that's the same idea like, you know, just riding the trend. Like if it's here, I can grab onto it and it's now. You right. have no long term planning and you have no long term sustainability.
0: Right. I think people are largely unaware of the sound and song and vibration of the universe. So <laughs> look at it like this so let's say you're hanging out with somebody on a call like this or you're in person or you're on the phone video whatever and you give them a compliment and then people are either like sociopathic and they just eat it up and they're egomaniacs but let's leave them aside because that's not a normal human condition but let's take somebody that's a little bit more humble and balanced then they'll be like oh stop i'm not really good at that and they like go through like this whole negative self-talk thing it's like hold on stop what you need to understand is you have to accept the compliment, because if you are not able to receive something like that, you are unable to give and have reciprocity out there in the world. So people miss everything that's just floating in front of them on all sorts of planes.
1: Whether and on that note,:
0: okay. Yeah, go ahead.
1: On that note, this, I think this is so major for so many business owners. They are out there seeking approval that they right. can never get because they can't receive it. You can never receive more than you can give to yourself. You have to have the capacity for it. And, and I've spoken to people who are trying to start something and they're just like, I just want someone to tell me what I'm good at and and find me and pay me. And I'm like, until you know what you're good at and you can tell someone why they should pay you for it, right? They're not. You're gonna always be underpaid, undervalued, frustrated, and I meet these people all the time. And in business, you have the same thing. I had a guy also on this morning's um, coaching call, which is so much fun today, because our module this week was sales. Yeah. It's definitely my favorite part. So yeah. this guy's like, okay. So I was going out, and I was doing my pitch, and I was telling the, the guy that like I think it's a good idea for him, and like I didn't even like, talk about the money, because right. I, was, like, I like, poo-pooed it. I'm like, why'd you poo-poo the money? If you have something that's valuable to this guy, why don't you tell me of course I'm gonna charge you? It's worth money but, for you. That you're missing that confidence. You're not gonna get anywhere. I'll tell
0: you one deeper than that, right? And I've heard Gary Vanderchuk, which people love or hate, doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. But I'm just telling you, I, I remember hearing it from him, and I like to say where I get things from. I remember, and this is pretty early on when he was making videos, when he was talking about his sales process, and he literally says something to the effect of. When somebody doesn't buy from me, like I literally feel bad for them because they're going to get something that sucks or they're going to try to do it themselves and then they're going to want to come back to me later and I'm going to charge them more. You know what? Honestly, I feel the same way. It's like, listen, there's so many ripoff artists in the world of sales and marketing and the internet. And... I mean, I don't even know how we like can trust anybody and do business with all these like crazy people that just rip people off and run away and close their businesses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, listen, like, if you're really good at what you do, definitely charge. Don't feel bad about it. Charge more. Are you crazy? I don't feel bad
1: about telling people you charge. I love that you said it because it's so validating for me because I also feel the same way. When someone comes to me and they're like, oh, it's too expensive. And I'm like, I know what? at that moment they're going to spend more than they would have on me and they're going to end up with nothing. Exactly. I know that. Like, I, I, like, and I can, I can almost predict it, and I've seen it, and it come, because I'm in business 10 years. They come back to me sometimes months, sometimes years later. Essie, I, I know I spoke to you years ago, and it felt too expensive for me, and then I went, and I've actually spent way more than that. And I ended up with nothing, so I'm back now.
0: Price is psychological, and price anchors are psychological too. That's a whole interesting thing. So if you tell somebody that something costs $10,000, they want it for eight. But if you told the same person and started the conversation saying it's $5,000, they wouldn't be like oh here's eight they'll say i want it for four thousand so like everybody just plays games at different things so everybody just shoots themselves in the foot when they start start from freaking poverty right like
1: <laughs> why yeah. would you it's try- that mindset if that and, and that's again it's it's what we're talking about the unseen right and if you right. look at any of the big wealth experts right and if you read books like think and grow rich or you look at the freemason society or any of these kinds of things Right. They don't tell you tactics. They talk mindset, because right. you can never earn more than you think you can earn. You can't. Right. Like I know for myself, I had a ceiling in mind when I started my business. I started in Jerusalem. That's where I was living at the time. Mm-hmm. And literally in Jerusalem versus LA, everything is a quarter of the price or less. Like we paid in rent there a quarter right. of what we pay here. Like right. everything except for food, mostly, but even that a little bit. And right. so I had a certain number in my head as like an hourly rate that I was like, oh my gosh, like. When I get there, I will have made it. Like that's the highest I would ever go. And you know what? I hit that like last year and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm worth so much more than this now. Like I know what I do. I know what other people charge for what I do. I know the results my clients get and how much they're paying me. That hourly is way too low. But until I was able to think it, I wasn't able to change it. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with the value. It had everything to do with me.
0: Right. And while we're talking value, I think when people only think about per hour, it's a dangerous spot. I think you need to price based on value. I don't really like getting into, well, how much is this an hour? How much is that an hour? I mean, a few years ago, we got a basketball player, a $64 million contract, by reshaping the way the NBA thought about them. So like, who cares how much it is an hour, right? So I think when you start to really scale and grow and people recognize the value of your work, we can sometimes get away from the per hour thing that everybody's trying to figure out. I'm not saying to like shortcut anything, but some things when you go into value-based and get away from commodity, because the hourly kind of starts to chase back to that. It's like, oh. Well,
1: oh, for, should- sure. for right. sure. For sure, for um, sure. And I agree 100%. And I would even say better, instead of charging just on value, you can charge on results. There you, go. you can get people results. like, And this is not just in business, right? We said one of the biggest categories is relationships. So you think sure. about it. Think about a relationship coach. Let's say they they are really experts in saving couples from divorce. Right. Yeah? And they're sitting there and they're charging like $125, $150 an hour. And they like feel uncomfortable because in therapy, that's already like a nice um, a comfortable rate for somebody who's independent. Right. Right. But I want you to sit and think about this. In one to two months, you're an expert in taking a couple from on the brink of divorce to content with each other again. What right. is that worth?
0: Well, how about if you were representing Amazon? That'd be worth a lot. <laughs> 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 That'd be billions. What a case oh, study.
1: Oh, that was so good. <laughs>
0: But not to get into their personal lives, Not, to, not
1: yes. to get into personal lives. Yes, refusing family family to a couple who doesn't have deal, like, oh, but they don't have money. They don't have money. And I so believe that I'm also in my business for service. I started because so I wanted to help. I was a nonprofit for ten years before I started doing this. Awesome. And even when you're in service, mm-hmm. your stuff is worth money. And what is it worth? The value of what you're doing. Someone said to me like, but Esty, how do people pay you? I said, well, let's see. Everything I do earns them more money or more peace of mind, and then they get more money. So, the more money they have, the more money they have to pay me. It works out really well. Awesome. Um, but even not, what is that worth? What's the couple going to go through? Instead of paying for one house, they have to pay for two houses. Forget the divorce lawyers, right? right. Wardrobes for the kids, do, like dating again. Come on. <laughs> what? It's
0: ridiculous. Like right? how much
1: money you're saving them.
0: Kind of like you said the four spheres of life. I don't remember who says it, but there's a whole concept where imagine that life is your kitchen stove and you've got four burners and one is relationships, one is family, one is health and one is work. So everybody works their butt off and it's way too hot on the burner for work. But here's the rub, right? The way life works, you only get to have three burners on at once. So most people miss the balance. And what's even crazier is if you want to be like ridiculously world-renowned, you get two burners on. So that means you have to like throw almost all of your life in the garbage and just do like work and one thing. And maybe you try to do health once in a while and you stop ruining your marriage and you remember that you have kids again. And maybe I have friends once in a while, but it's it's messy. But Totally. When we do
1: goal setting with our clients, I have people write out, um, we do, I do this combination of like Kobe and my own thing, but mm-hmm. I basically, we go through all of their roles. Um, mm-hmm. I call it GRVP and then we do a goal within each role and then right. I tell them, good, now let's put them in order. Now mm-hmm. you only get to pick your top three. And they're okay. like, what? Like they just found all oh, the yeah. important things yeah. they need to do. And I'm like, well, guess what? You're limited. If you get to your top three, you're lucky. Right. And, if, and, and your top three is totally up to you. Like, I have someone, I know someone who's, one of her top three is clearly community, right? She's mm-hmm. always, she, her work is for sure like secondary, tertiary, maybe it's like number seven on the list. Um, uh, if she gets right. it, she can afford it. And she's extremely involved in her community. And I know people who are so busy with business and family and young children. You and I both have a bunch of kids. Yeah. But honestly, I love my community. I really would love to be involved more. And I am totally, totally not. <laughs> because uh-huh. I don't have the bandwidth for it at all. Right. And There's and so I think happen. that people need to make peace with what they are and can be capable of. Right. Total here. So Just I like God. that. Ooh, that's a fun note. Okay, so this has been so much fun. So we've now covered all of the most trending things in the world, and we've told people that they should pay attention to it only as a secondary to who they are. I, I think that's Absolutely. that's awesome. Brian, this has been so amazing, always. And you have you back again. This was so much fun. So where can people find you? to get their infographics and their 1000000 million contracts?
0: Well, you know, I wasn't shooting from three. The guy had to do a lot of work by himself. But we've helped a lot of companies get funded, acquired, and all sorts of media all the time. So if you want to find us for all the infographic stuff, you can just go to nowsourcing.com. And since there's like half a million people in the world named Brian Wallace, don't start Googling Brian Wallace because there's too many of us. So you'll find me on most social platforms and channels as nowsourcing, at nowsourcing
1: amazing Brian thank you this has been fantastic um and can I trouble you because I always like to ask my guests for a surprise quote at the end because I love quotes I collect them surprise. I think it's a great way to send people on a day like you'll just like that like kind of distillation of wisdom
0: mm-hmm. um well um I was doing a couple of religious quotes to two people in a row today, so (laughs) let's go with that. So for those of you who don't know what Judaism is, uh, it was kind of the precursor to Islam and Christianity and not to get into holy wars like Apple versus uh, Android and stuff like that, and everybody's divisive with religion, but um, there's a guy named Hillel the Elder. He's real cool as far as Judaism goes, and he talks about how... whatever you believe i'm not here to like change what you have to say and think but it's all about like a mindset shift of having like a higher power and i think that people can appreciate that regardless of what they think and believe and he talks about how you shouldn't be like all haughty and full of yourself so basically to nullify your will to allow a higher power's will in so that way you can fulfill that will i love that word for word but that that's a good one
1: I love that. You know what? I talk about all the time. When we talk about confidence, people have this battle between like, you know, ego and humility. And they think that ego is when I believe in myself. Humility is when I'm self-effacing and it's exactly the opposite. Um, Self-effacing is a lack of self-esteem. That is not humility. Humility is knowing your greatness, being confident and comfortable in it, but knowing you didn't give birth to yourself. You cannot make yourself breathe. There is something beyond you that supports you, that brought you here. Mm-hmm. And you give credit there where it's due. Absolutely.
0: If you were a hummingbird, you wouldn't be beating your chest that you go like this really fast. That's stupid. So exactly. why are we different? Maybe right. we have- but you would still
1: <laughs> beat your wings really fast and go suck all this yummy stuff out of the flowers. So sure. go do what you're good at and Absolutely. be confident in it and just know that it came from somewhere and you are just fulfilling your purpose. Oh, I love it. Brian, you are amazing.
0: Awesome. You too. This is
1: great. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will catch you tomorrow for episode five of this series.
0: You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough
1: to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?